Good morning. Let's stand together today. We want to come and sing about a faithful God. Has God been faithful to you this morning? Hallelujah. He deserves our praise today. He deserves our voices lifted up before him and our hands lifted high and praise unto his name. So let's sing it. This song says, always. God is faithful always. Hallelujah. I believe you gave sight to the blind. I believe that the dead came to life. I believe there were wonders and signs, and you're still the same. I believe every word that you said. I believe there are scars in your hands, that your goodness is good without end, and you'll never change. I will tell of your wonders, of your grace, the God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. Always, your mercy is mighty, age after age, and all generations will bow down and praise. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. Always. presence I know there is power, power to save. I will tell of your wonders, sing of your grace. The God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now and always, always. Your mercy is mighty, age after age. Generations will bow down and pray. 
praise today, God. Lord, we come amazed today, Lord, at your faithfulness to us. Lord, we, we, we sit and wonder, Lord God, and we look back at our lives and we remember, Lord, that you were there through all of it. And Lord, we can trust that you'll be there in the future, Lord. We just want to honor you today and lift up your name in this place, Jesus. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah, God. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of
tell you that on Wednesday nights we've been doing a Bible study and there's a, a quote that came out the other night that said Jesus didn't die on a cross so that you could continue carrying guilt and shame. Jesus took it upon himself and Jesus overcame so that means if you are in Christ today you are an overcomer. And so we're going to sing this part of this song every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. And I encourage you, if there's something you can, if you're carrying, let it down today. Jesus has taken the grave, defeated death, and he is risen today. Let's sing it together. Hallelujah. Every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You overcome. You overcome. Every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. 
Testament, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing amen Lord we recognize you today God you are a God who is victorious you are a God who is uh, who is not weak in any way in any facet you are nothing but strength and God today you are our strength Lord you are our strength there are, there, there are those among us who need your strength, your healing power today. Lord, I thank you for the Ortinsky's mom, and Lord, I thank you for blessing her today and for pouring out your spirit on her life, Lord, and helping her today. Lord, healing her body, restoring health to her in every way. And Lord, anyone else in this room that needs your touch, needs your power, needs your might, would you show your greatness to them today? in your power in jesus name we say thank you in jesus name we say amen 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 god bless you this morning hey we're going to be taking a moment and greeting each other and uh, did you know the people that greet each other live 2.7 years longer did you know that it's true so live a long life and let's take a few minutes and greet each other this morning if you can find your seat that would be wonderful Welcome everyone here today. Welcome. 
I had somebody just come up to me and said, boy, I'm going to live a long time. I just shook a bunch of hands. 2.7 times like 20 people, yeah. It actually is only like a one-time thing, so. Sorry, I meant, to, I meant to mention that. Hey, if you are our guest here today, thank you for being here. How many have ever been somewhere new? They, they, you have, recently, you've been somewhere where you're new. That's not the easiest thing to do, so if you are here and you are our guest today, we welcome you, we're, we're so glad to have you. Uh, we have these connect cards in the seat back in front of you. If you would complete those, uh, hand those into the, uh, our guest services uh, desk out in the lobby, that would be wonderful. That would be a, a great help to us because we can say thank you for being here. And if you would take care of that, that would be uh, a tremendous help. And, and we appreciate you being here with us today. As the ushers prepare, we're going to receive this morning's tithe and offering. And uh, I have a mug in my office, and on the mug, it has an outline of the state of Massachusetts, and then it has a heart, kind of where I'm from in Massachusetts, just planted on there. And when I was in my hometown a bunch of years ago, they had this mug, and I'm from Whitman, Massachusetts, you know, the home of the Toll House cookie, chocolate chip cookie, a substantial place. And uh, so um, I bought that mug, and there's a heart right there where I'm from. And uh, there's, a, there's a scripture passage here that's probably very familiar with many of you here. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And as we give today, it's just uh, another reminder to us of where our treasure is. And so, Lord, thank you, as we pray often, for, for consistent reminders and opportunities to remember where our treasure is, to remember uh, where the most important things are in this life, and it's you. And so we give to you with, with grateful hearts. We give to you with hearts that are uh, excited about what you're doing in our area and around the world. And we just pray a blessing on these moments in Jesus' name. Amen.
Yeah, it is good to be back. And uh, as you know, two Sundays ago, uh, a group of us, about 17 of us, were flying out to the Missouri Ozarks and uh, for a week of camping. And thank God the Lord gave us air conditioning every night. It was uh, one, one day was 102. The other days were around 97, 98 degrees. But at nighttime, if you can imagine this, the temperature dropped over 30 degrees to the 60s. And so we got to sleep good. That makes all the difference. And what an incredible week. I just want to give a brief report because I don't think anyone shared this last week. Uh, but, I mean, the, the spiritual tenor of our morning meetings and our evening get-togethers were incredible. And, of course, the boys just have the run of this multi-thousand-acre campsite. Um, a lot of good fellowship, but God really, really spoke to our boys and, and even to our, our adult leaders uh, through some incredible messages every night. And so I'm really grateful for this national camperama that Royal Rangers has once every four years. It was our 60th anniversary this year the, from the founding of Royal Rangers. And then last week, I really wanted to be here too. I had basically the same symptoms I have today, very slight congestion dry cough. Um, but that's about it. And you saw how I did that, right? This is in case anybody touches this mic. Uh, so anyways, I, I'm usually a very positive person and I'm negative now. So with COVID testing, but, uh, but that's good. I'm, it's good to be negative today because I'm not preaching. Uh, but I so wanted to preach last week's message live to you. I really enjoyed that and want to encourage you next week. I know it's vacation time. People are traveling. But next week, I'm excited about a, a, a series. But going back to expositional preaching, I'm going to go through the book of Ephesians. And the first couple of weeks that, that I have ready for you, I'm telling you, they're just, I'm excited about them. I'm excited. These are great messages, and I hope you'll be here. And that's not what I was up here for, but since I'm here. What I want to do, I was at Camp Aram. I received an email, and we have very little signal there. Now and then an email would drop in, and it was from Hal Donaldson, the founder and president of Convoy of Hope. As you know, we've, we're, we're just fans of Convoy, and so far this year, I think we've given them over $50,000 
a large share of it to help with the needs that are in Ukraine right now. And so this email came to me, and it's a video message from Hal Donaldson thanking us for what we've done and also giving you an update on what's going on in the Ukraine. And so let's go ahead and show that video. Hi, this is Hal Donaldson of Convoy of Hope coming to you from Ukraine. I want to say thank you to you, Pastor Mike, and all our friends at Praise Assembly of God. Thank you so much for your incredible generosity and your partnership. Because of you, there are children and families right here in Ukraine who are receiving much needed help. To date, millions of meals and millions of dollars in emergency supplies have been distributed to both refugees and to families inside Ukraine. More than 200 large shipping containers filled with food, medical equipment, hygiene kits, sleeping bags, tents, and new clothes are being distributed. And more containers are on the way because with your help, Convoy of Hope has made a commitment to distribute 50 million meals. Currently, we're working through a network of churches to resource 20 distribution hubs in undisclosed locations inside Ukraine. Please know that the food and supplies you are providing is meeting urgent physical needs and opening the doors to share the love of Jesus. In one community where a church was doing distributions, we learned that there was a woman who had actually been attending the church for years. After seeing the church's generosity and their involvement in the community as this war continued to unfold, the Lord moved in her heart in such a powerful way that now she's not only attending church, but she's following Christ. She gave her heart to the Lord just as she watched the church serve the community and as she now has jumped in and become a part of the relief efforts. From warehouses in Poland and Romania, we're also serving refugees in nine neighboring countries. Poland, Romania, Slovakia, Moldova, Lithuania, Bulgaria, Austria, Germany, and Hungary. But because families continue to migrate west, we're expanding the relief effort to additional countries. Convoy of Hope is committed to working in the region long after the war is over because families will need our help putting their lives back together. And to that end, we've put together a long-term strategy so that we can meet as many needs as possible. Our desire is really to position the local church to be the church that God has desired her to be, to be the hands and feet of who God is himself, to show his kindness to the people of Ukraine. We're committed to the long haul. We're committed for here for years, we're committed to the pastors, and we're committed to the need. Many Ukrainians have expressed their deep appreciation for your support. As one refugee said, we will never forget that you came and you stayed and you helped us when we needed you the most. I'm truly, truly grateful that Convoy of Hope chose to come to Romania. You helped in a big way. This food makes long, long life for people, you know. They not die because <laughs> They have food. Ми би без вас не вижили, направда. Ви дуже допомагаєте. Це відчувається. I think there's millions of people that in Ukraine would have nothing to say but thank you. You know what I love about Convoy is they emphasize their partnership with the local church. And that really is the strength is the local church, the partnerships with local churches giving and then taking those resources and partnering with local church makes, makes all the difference. So hey, thanks for your faithfulness and giving and I hope that update was helpful to you. So we've got some, <clears throat> um, got some events going on here. Hopefully you came in, got your, got your bulletin here. And we've got our Wednesday night study that's been going on for a while. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. It's been a great study, check that out. Of course, Pastor mentioned the Ephesians 
um, series that will begin next Sunday. And then uh, our up to, uh, upcoming youth events calendar, you can see that's a bunch of things going on there. I want to mention one of them, uh, specifically the Rocky Challenge. And so uh, if you are a student here, I have had people come up to me, adults come up to me and say, hey, are there any students that need money? And I'm like, what? Yes. And so ask people, grab, if you haven't already, grab one of these uh, sponsor sheets out in the lobby and uh, bring them to anybody you can find here. Uh, they will, trust me, people are eager, uh, willing, generous-hearted people that are willing to be able to give uh, towards, your, uh, towards Speed the Light and the Rocky Challenge, which is the, the tool we're going to use. So please do that. Call your grandparents. Bug your neighbors. You know, come to me. I'll sponsor you too. So um, uh, that's something coming up here. And then, of course, at the bottom, we have dates here for the men's cookout on the 13th. Uh, make sure, men, you're aware of that. You bring your son with you. It'll be a great time. And then, of course, our girls' ministries and our Ranger Awards ceremony dates. Make note of those. And uh, I believe that's all the announcements I have to make today. And so we're going to be um, going to be talking today in just a minute. I have a couple other, other quick, quick announcements to give. Um, and, uh, you know, I had one of the one of the, the coolest things this morning. I, I was in the I was in the um, I was in the cafe and I think it was uh, Pastor, Pastor Brandon, Pastor Petrucci, young Brandon, me, maybe there's another person or two there. And uh, we, <clears throat> we were standing there, and Gordy and Debbie pulled up, and they came in, and their grandson, Zach, comes in. He looks at our pastor, and he says, I know you. And pastor's like, yeah, I mean, I've seen you before. And he's like, we watch you every Sunday on YouTube. And they live in New Hampshire. And so I, I, we got a picture. And he says, can I get a picture? And so there it is. I mean, I, I was, I'm, I'm tempted to print it out and have him autograph it to be able to give. It was the, just the cutest thing. And, uh, you know, you just never know. Just another thing, you never know who you impact, do you? You just never really know. And, uh, of course, well, you can put that up for the Rocky Challenge. You know, make, uh, again, just, again, that's coming up on the 20th. And... Um, Hey, if anybody knows of any sets of stairs within our area that has more than 26, um, let me know because I've been trying to find these places to do my, my training there. And uh, the art museum has 74 steps. And, uh, and so and if, if you can find, if you know, and don't give me the inside of a hospital where I have to go up. You know, I, don't want, I, don't, I want to be outside. So if you see your name, please uh, let me know and make me aware. So today I want to talk to you and talk to, my, talk to myself um, about the, the thought, don't leave too early. Don't leave too early. Um, when, I, when, I, when I was a kid, um, my, my, my mom, who's Irish, her last name's Ryan, uh, she would call, when, when somebody would leave a party, they call it the Irish exit. You just, like, you're at a party or a gathering, you just take off. No, you don't tell anybody, you just leave. And that's what they called it. Maybe your ethnic group has a, maybe that's, maybe in, in your ethnic circles, that's what they call it. But yeah, we call it the Irish exit. And, and leaving early uh, is something that I've, you know, uh, I've seen happen, I've noticed. And, uh, and, and there's something that I do, maybe you do it, maybe you've experienced it, that uh, 
I'm the guy sometimes that's thinking about leaving an event before it actually begins. And probably the best way to explain it would be to put this clip up really quick. We are here. For new homeowners, a football game can really bring out the parent in them. It's smart we park near the exit. Absolutely. Ooh, there you go. That way, let's put away the parking talk maybe for a minute. Parking is where the money is, though. You it imagine is. what this place pulls oh, in on parking alone. All right, no more talking about parking lots. A lot of these are compact spots. It's not pretty. Progressive can't protect you from becoming your parents, but we can protect your home and auto when you bundle with us. We still planning to head out around the third quarter. Let's not talk about leaving before we're actually at the game. Yes. You know, um, I, I hate to admit it, but, but I, can, I can be that guy that, that before I even attend someplace, I'm thinking, when I leave here, what's a, how, am I, how do I get out? What, what, you know, how long is it going to take me to get out? You know, is somebody going to be in my way? I mean, I was at a wedding recently, and I'm like, I'm not parking there. I, was, I, was, I parked in, in Boston recently, and I said, man, I'm not parking there because if I park there, this guy's going to go here. So it's like I haven't even enjoyed the event yet. I haven't even gotten to the place, and I'm already thinking about leaving. Um, you know, another thing, when, when, it, when, it, when it comes to doing things and, and not seeing them all the way through or leaving too early, uh, if you've ever sent a GIF on your phone, right, you know, and you send one, instead of responding with a, with a word, you respond with like a little short video clip. And sometimes you need to watch those things all the way through. I remember one time I sent one to my kids thinking, oh, this one's fine. And, and like at the end, the little kid like, like gave an obscene gesture. And I was like, I didn't even see that part of it. You know, leaving too early, not, not seeing it all the way through. And uh, I think leaving too early can be a bad idea all around. And uh, I understand that there, there are some times in life when people just stay too long. I mean, that does happen, right? That's probably happened in your home. Um, if you say that it's never happened to you, it's probably because you're the one that always stays too long. That's probably what it means. Uh, but, but I understand that people, sometimes people stay too long at, at jobs or they stay too long uh, in, in different scenarios. And really, they should have just maybe moved on uh, it's too long in a friendship, and they just <laughs> should have said, you know what? Um, but I think our tendency as people, in general, if we had to say which one are we more guilty of or which one do we tend to do more, is that we tend to leave a little too early. And uh, as a church, we are a part of the Assemblies of God, which is the largest Pentecostal fellowship in the world. And uh, you know, we should be very proud of that that God has done miraculous things, not only here in our country, in spite of us, but around our, our great world. And um, that's the fellowship we are part of. And one of the, one of the, the doctrines that we have that uh, distinguishes us from, from other fellowships, other denominations, other churches, is the belief in the baptism in the Spirit, that once you become a Christian, the Spirit of God begins to reside in you. And that's what literally brings you from death to life. It makes you alive. But there's also a subsequent experiences with the Holy Spirit and an empowering experience that we call the baptism in the Spirit. And uh, when it comes to, when it comes to um, experiencing Jesus, experiencing his forgiveness, um, there is more experiences with God and his Spirit after you come to, uh, to know Christ. So if you're here, maybe you're not a Christian, when we believe, again, that when you uh, come to know Jesus Christ, 
that you literally, that the Spirit of God makes you alive and resides inside of you. And uh, again, we believe in, in subsequent experiences we call the baptism. And uh, Luke, um, if, if, we were to, uh, if we were to look into the book of Acts, which we're going to in a moment, uh, Luke actually records Jesus commanding his disciples to stay away from this habit of leaving early. And uh, uh, if, if you turn to the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 4 through 8, and there's often something inside of us that is impatient um, or fearful or somehow knows better than God, and we tend to leave something a little too early. And uh, the, the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 4 through 8, verse 4 says this, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. So this is Jesus. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. I just want to stop real quick and, and, and think about this. It's amazing the conversations you can have with people while you're eating. And it's kind of funny, when I began to really think about it, some of the most significant, um, impactful conversations that I've had with people in my life have been around some type of a meal, which is, which is pretty funny. And I really don't think I'm alone. I mean, some of the things I thought about is, I remember sitting at a Shoney's, which is like a, uh, friendlies or a Perkins or I'm trying to think what equivalent would be around here. Uh, I remember sitting at a Shoney's in a booth with my father-in-law asking him if I could marry his daughter Jody. And we sat there and we talked and he probably thought this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just a young guy. He's clueless, but I think, I think he'll, he'll, he'll do. He'll, he'll, he'll work. And we just talked about marriage and life and I asked him and, and of course he, he gave me permission to ask her and, uh, you know, we had this uh, significant conversation just about life uh, at, at a booth and a table there. Um, I think of back in 2005, probably beginning in May, when I drove from uh, the Reading, Pennsylvania area down here and met Pastor Petrucci here. And uh, we went out to uh, Homegrown, uh, down on Main Street, went out to Homegrown, sat outside and talked to each other. We'd never met each other before and talked to each other about the possibility of me coming to uh, be the pastor um, at what then was Harvest Assembly as a revitalization down in Middletown. And, uh, you know, we just talked and thought, boy, can we stand each other? Can we work together? Uh, is God in this? And uh, what a significant, impacting time conversation. Of course, then we went across the street and drank like 17 gallons of coffee at Starbucks. And, uh, you know, but, but those moments around that meal uh, were, were powerful. Um, meals, because of our schedule, it just kind of worked out. Some of your schedules, it's a little more challenging. But, you know, with our schedule as a family, we ate often uh, when our kids were growing up when they were real young. And uh, we had all kinds of conversations, even, even up until recent times. We, we talk about, you know, money at, at the table. We talk about... You know, we've talked about forgiveness. We've talked about sexuality. I mean, there's all kinds of things. You know, they want to end the meal quick when I start talking about sexuality. But, you know, when we get together around these tables, it's interesting what you can talk about. And so here's Jesus. And so my conclusion is we need to have more meals together so we can have more important conversations. That's my conclusion on that one. So here's Jesus. He's eating. And he commands them. And he says this. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. 
As I told you before, John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him this question. Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? I think that's a great question. I mean, you've been occupied by a very heavy-handed nation, Rome, and empire. And he's like, hey, when are we going to break free from these people? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And because we know that Luke was the author of the book of Acts, when you look at the book of Luke, at the end is a parallel passage. In Luke 24, 48 and 49, you are my witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And I thought about this. Why would Jesus have to tell them, command them to do this? I mean, they, they already knew at this point what the mission was. But why would, I mean, we know the mission. Uh, Jesus, we have literally been with you. Uh, we've seen every miracle you've performed or nearly every miracle. We've been with you all the time. We've seen how you handle people, situations. We know how you pray. We watch you pray. You've sent us out um, in, in groups to go bring the good news to people. Um, we have now, I mean, at the, at the, at the moment of this passage, um, uh, uh, the, the instance of this passage, they've been with him about 40 days as a resurrected Jesus. So they've literally seen the miraculous, the supernatural. Death is defeated. So why would he have to tell them this? I mean, again, were they going to go out and just get started? You know, like, well, hey, we're, we're, we're ready to go. Let's get rolling here. Let's begin to do that. Um, is it because uh, maybe they, you know, they had met so many people over, the, over these few years. You know, you, you kind of, you go into neighborhoods and places and you meet people and, boy, they've got great food at this house. And, you know, wow, these are super friendly people and they love Jesus. Maybe they thought, well, we'll just regroup, relocate, you know, go to a different place. Uh, you know, maybe we can go and, and, and kind of rebrand ourselves or just kind of get out of Jerusalem. Everything's a little, little you know, crazy right now. And, uh, but there was more, and Jesus wanted to make it clear to them that this more was absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary. And uh, the idea about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, it, it was not a new concept to them. John, when... when uh, uh, when, when he uh, speaks, he says, yeah, I baptize you with water, but there's one that's coming and he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So these are things that they've heard. Even Jesus himself in John 14, chapter 14 and chapter 16, he, he speaks very directly, very clearly about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. So this is not a new concept to them. This is not a new idea to them, but it's literally being brought to them. And Jesus says, I don't want you to leave or go anywhere without this gift that you're going to need. And in Acts 19, 4, 
Paul makes it clear that John's baptism was one of repentance, preparing the way for Jesus. But there was a second baptism that would be essential, and it would be the baptism in the Spirit. And again, John 14, John 16, and Acts 2. And there was something about that moment that required waiting. There's something about that, that moment in history. There's something about that moment in the life of the church that required waiting. It was pivotal. It was critical to the future of these believers and for the church. And it's interesting when you think about it. You can complete a degree, become certified or licensed in a medical field or study, but your residency, your clinicals are your, for lack of a better word, your baptism of sort. With this knowledge that's inside of you, uh, be, is able to be unleashed and actually accomplish something in power and do something and help someone. So if you're a believer here today, you need to be confident that the Spirit of God lives inside of, of those that believe. Because if He didn't, you wouldn't be alive. You'd still be dead in your sin. So for those that believe, the Spirit of God lives in us. But again, there is a, a, a second work that God does. Again, we call it the baptism in the Spirit. And this is essential, so much so that Jesus told his disciples, who again, walked with him, talked with him, slept in the same area that he did, ate with him, all these things, and then spent 40 days with him, resurrected, and he said, you need this. This gift I'm about to pour out, you need it for life. Now, before I go on here into the, the body of this message, I mean, how many here have ever experienced that in your life? where you've been going along in life, you've been trucking along, and you've been living your life, and there was a, a season, a moment, a series of weeks or months, or maybe a year or two, when you went through something very, very uh, challenging to you. Maybe it was a death of somebody close to you. Maybe it was a loss of uh, a, 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 and some other kind. Maybe it was something that was so difficult, you had to just, literally every day, you had to, you had to make it a matter of prayer. You didn't know if you'd get through. When you look back at those and you see how pivotal those moments are. And Jesus is saying to these disciples, listen, I know you've been with me. I know you've heard some of what I said, because all of us, we hear not everything. But there is something that you need to be able to do everything I'm calling you to do. And you can look back in that instance in your life where, where you've been through this, this thing that took up a period of your life. And you think, boy, if I didn't have the strength that was developed from that, if I didn't have the, the insight that was gained from that, man, how would I have handled this? Or what would I have done without that here? You see that in your life in a, in a natural way. And we know that Jesus uh, doesn't promise and give gifts that are worthless. You know, in, in, in a few short months here, probably five or six months, you're going to get gifts for Christmas, and you're going to say, what am I going to do with that thing? It doesn't fit. I don't like the color. I already have one. And it's just going to be worthless. And that's happened probably to all of us. Jesus doesn't give gifts that are worthless. They're powerful, effective, and essential for our life. So here's, here's a few things about not leaving that are important to us, not leaving too early. If those disciples had said, you know what, Jesus, uh, you know, after he ascended, you know, I, I think we can go out there. Maybe, I know he said wait, but maybe we, we need to get started. This is super important. 
You know, we need to get rolling with this, or we need to do this, or we need to do that strategy. They waited, just like he said. And so not leaving early, not leaving early. Here are some things for your life and my life that are important when it comes to not leaving. Not leaving early helps us to know God's plan and his purpose. The, the scripture that, that we had just read a moment ago, uh, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And then a little further down, he says, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, the Holy Spirit will bring the ability to see God's plan and purpose in your life clearly. See, there was something they kept asking him. And it wasn't just in this moment, if you go back into the Gospels earlier, you see that there are just these questions, that, the things that they're wanting to know. Even their, some of their names, um, you know, Simon the Zealot, you know, even some of their names betray what they're about politically, what they're about, um, you know, uh, as they're following Jesus, that they went to follow him, but boy, they had an agenda. And if you've ever had anybody that uh, has maybe been involved in your life, but they have an agenda, that's super fun, right? You know, they, they have, it's like the saying that, and, and Pastor, he, he says this on occasion, it is, it's pretty funny, you know, um, God has a plan for your life and so do I. You know, maybe it's been somebody in your life that they have a plan for you. You know, they, they want you to do this or they want you to do that. And so here's Jesus, and uh, he has people that are following him that have an agenda. And they kept asking him this question. It's like a focus of theirs. It's like a fixation. And it was clearly on their radar. It's in their worldview. Uh, it's a part of their training as a child or their upbringing that we want freedom from Rome. And, and honestly, who can blame them? I mean, who wants to be under tyranny? Who wants to be under uh, a heavy hand that oppresses you financially, um, where you can travel, those types of things, you know, your religious beliefs? Who wants that? And so here is, is, is the, the nation of Israel, and they have this heavy hand of Rome in their life. And so these disciples are like, Jesus, when? You know, Messiah is supposed to free us. We know you're him. When is this going to happen? Please. Tell us. Even spending three years with Jesus, 40 days in his presence, uh, this fixation has not changed. He has told them again and again what he's about, what his kingdom is about, and still this question is the one they want the answer to. And, uh, you know, take heart. Maybe you're fixated on God doing something in your life, and you've been bugging God about it. You've been asking him about it, God. Would you please do this? God, would you please do that? God, would you please fix this idiot I live with? God, would you please, you know, help this person that I'm dealing with? That was, I was just messing about the idiot you live with. But you, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, and you've just been bugging God. God, please, 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 please. And it's interesting because maybe God has another agenda. Maybe he has things that are most important to him. And he doesn't not hear your prayer but he is, uh, has a plan and a strategy. And uh, Augustine says this. He says, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. You know, Jesus told these disciples, don't leave early. 
wait. Don't leave the city. Don't move out on your own strength, your own will, your own abilities. Do not do this because I have a strategy, a gift, a plan for your life. And it's so often we want to understand first. God, I want to understand everything, and then I'll believe you. I want to I get it all. I want, to, I want to understand everything, Jesus, before I begin to follow you. I want to get everything nailed down. I want to get everything figured out about, about God, about Jesus, and then maybe when I have all my answers, then I'll believe. But the reality is, is trusting God, trusting that Jesus is who he says he is first, then from there, your understanding begins to be opened. Without the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we may misunderstand our purpose at our job. Now, obviously, your job is there so you can create income, so you can live, so you can provide, so you can be generous and productive and all these things. But don't you think God has even greater purposes at your job for just that only? There are people at your job that need to hear about Jesus. There are people that need to know him. There are people that need to understand who he is. Without the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, we misunderstand maybe even our purpose at home, our purpose in our neighborhood, those we live with, our purpose in hardship we're enduring, and our purpose for the future. See, leaving early, not waiting on God's Spirit may keep you in a place where you lack clarity and you lack purpose in your life. Number two, leaving early reveals God's sovereignty to us. And the passage we read, some, read from says, the Father alone, this is Jesus' response, the Father alone has the authority to set these dates and times, and they are not for you to know. See, sovereignty is God's right to exercise his ruling power over his creation, the fact that he is sovereign. And so for some folks, it's very difficult to be able to balance the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. And it's in many people's minds and recently in church history, this has become uh, something that has been a point of division. But you know what? God can be sovereign and we can have free will. And there's a tension there. And we get that. There's a tension. Things that we don't grasp and understand. We have this ability to choose, to do things. In our life group this morning, uh, in the video, the teacher uh, had, had commented. He said, I could, I could literally ruin my career right now and say things with my mouth that would destroy his career. And he's true. It's true. He could say something that could just ruin and wreck him and choose to do that. We understand that there's will, but we understand that our God is sovereign, that he has that right to exercise his power over creation. He is mighty in every way. And Jesus is clear. His father knows. And, um, you know, have you ever, have you ever, um, did that, have you ever done that joke where, uh, uh, where, where someone says, uh, Nunya, and you're like, what? Nunya who? Nunya business? Have you heard that one? I just, I just bring that to you here. You know, somebody asks you a question, and you can just say Nunya. And you're like, they're like, Nunya what? Nunya business. Like, mind your own business. Don't worry about it. And Jesus basically tells, maybe that's a Massachusetts joke. It could be. I don't know. Sounds like a Jersey joke, doesn't it? It really does. But Jesus says here, hey, it's Nunya. Nunya what? Nunya business. When the Father's coming, and when he's going to do the times and all this stuff, See, we want to know times. 
right? We want to know dates. We want to know outcomes. We want to know questions like this, maybe at different seasons in your life. When will I meet that special person? When will I get taller? When will I be able to retire? When will I be able to quit? How long will they continue to act like this? When will things get better? When, when, when? How, how, how? These are questions that we want to know. We want to know these. They bug us sometimes. Sometimes they keep you up at night and it's difficult to focus. See, the disciples' focus was on times, dates, deadlines, schedules, time frames at, at this point in the history of Israel. And it's interesting, if you go to Acts chapter 2 and you read about the day of Pentecost and they're in the upper room together and the Spirit comes and literally baptizes and fills these believers and then people in the area are like, what is wrong with these guys? Maybe they're drunk. And Peter, along with the other disciples, he stands up and he says, listen, nine o'clock in the morning is too early to get drunk, which I think is a good observation. And he says that. And he says, and so their, their focus in our passage we read today is when? When are you going to do this, Jesus? When are you going to make this happen? When is this going to occur? You know, we know from reading, uh, we know from reading the Old Testament that, you know, uh, uh, that, that it, it, these things are going to happen and the Messiah is going to do them. And that's their focus. But on the day of Pentecost, after they're waiting, after they're experiencing the power of God, what happens then is that all of a sudden, that they're not worried about that stuff. That they're remembering what the prophet David said. They're remembering what the prophet Joel said. Hey, what he said back there, what's happening today is that. Like, like this here today is that that they were talking about. Hundreds of years before, they're beginning, their focus begins to change. We see that, that the sovereignty of God and that who he is and what he wants to accomplish and what he wants to do becomes the focus of their life. See, God is sovereign. John 14, 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, remind you of everything I have told you. John 15, 26, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. Maybe that question in your mind Jesus, when are you going to fill in the blank? Jesus, when are you going to do this or change this or make this happen? When are you going to do all these things, God? Maybe they clutter your mind, clutter your thinking. God wants to remind you and I today that he is sovereign. He is in charge of all things. He rules over every people Every kingdom, every nation, every economy, every leader. He rules. Can you say amen to that? Amen. He rules over everything. There's no one that's remotely his, his not I want to say his equal, remotely his, like, gets to the bottom of his feet. I mean, no one. I remember when I was a little kid, I used to think, see, it's Satan or the devil and God, they're these, they're these, they're these equal opposite powers. No, they're not. Not at all. God is sovereign and he rules. And these disciples, 
They were so fixed on God, when, when are you going to do these things? When are you going to make these things happen? And because they waited and they didn't leave early, because they experienced the power of God's spirit, his sovereignty, his greatness became everything to them. And that wasn't their focus anymore. We don't leave early, but wait for all Jesus has for us. The questions might still be there. I'm not going to promise that your questions like, will disappear from your mind. You'll never think about them again. You'll never wonder when this is going to happen or how this is going to happen. The questions may still be there, but they don't have the same power or the same draw. For years... I prayed for my father, who's actually my stepfather, Jose, to come to know Jesus for years. Talked to him about faith. And he was this person, I mean, he believed in everything supernatural except Jesus. I, I don't know why. He believed in every UFO thing. He believed in every, you know, conspiracy thing. I mean, anything that was, that was fringy, like he was really into it. But when you tried to nail him down about Jesus, I don't know, kiddo. You know, like, I don't get this. And, you know, years of talking to him, really not getting anywhere. One day, he realizes, um, he wakes up and his vision's really strange. Now, later we find out he actually has diabetes. And um, his vision's really crazy. I mean, really crazy. And he was very scared, as you can imagine, out of nowhere. This happens, boom. And he actually says to me, Hans, I, I need you to, to take me to my doctors. And I said, sure, Papa, I'll take you. So I jump in the car, and he tells me what's going on. And I, this is a man that you never see afraid. And he's terrified. He's like, I can't, I almost can't see. And I said, I said uh, well, Papa, do you want to, on the way here, let me, let me pray for you. And so I grabbed his hands, we were driving, and I just prayed. I mean, I prayed the simplest but most heartfelt prayer. And within like a minute, all of a sudden his vision just went back to, to normal. And we pulled over the car. He says, and we were still on the way to the hospital. We pulled over the car, and he told me, and I don't know, just in that moment, I said, I said Jesus, I said, I said, Papa, how about today's the day you begin to follow Jesus? And he said, Okay. And we literally prayed. It was done. It was just done. You know, all this effort and you know, energy I'm putting out. God, when are you going to do this? When are you going to save my father? When are you going to? And like in this moment, God just did it. He's sovereign. And when we wait, we don't leave early. That reality of his power, his might, his strength, his abilities can find a place of faith in our heart and life. And lastly, not leaving early gives us the power that we need. And if I could ask Pastor Brandon to come here. Jesus says this in the passage in Acts 1, 4 through 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What would have happened if they didn't wait? Hey, really? I mean... We've screwed up in our life, right? You've, you've done things. You know what to do. You do the opposite thing, right? You've like done the Jonah thing. Go here and you go there. You've done that, right? I know I have. I know if I got a raise of hands, you know, we could shame us all. We've all done that. 
What if these disciples had just said that? You know, I know Jesus told us to wait, but I'm telling you, things are getting hot and heavy around here. You know, I think we need to move. I think this is a great, it's a great opportunity. It's a piece of land over here. We could, you know, go over here and get a house and compound and maybe on the desert like John did, you know. What if they just said, we're not going to do that. We're not going to wait. We're going to relocate. We're going to regroup. We're going to call ourselves a different name now. We're going to, whatever. We're going to do whatever. Surely they have many contacts, many people they could have done that, maybe, maybe many avenues and opportunities to do that, maybe a fresh start somewhere else. They had seen Jesus again perform countless miracles. They'd been sent out by him. They knew what it looked like. They knew the ministry of Jesus was different, and they knew what it looked like. But Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he told them, do not leave because I have something for you that you need you need this and if we were to go to the book of Acts and read chapter 2 maybe you could do it today 2 verse 1 through 21 even you see this moment where Peter again and this has been said many times by far better orators and preachers than myself He goes from a place of denial as a coward, afraid, uh, full of anger, all kinds of things. And he becomes, for the first part of the church's history, the mouthpiece for Jesus, the mouthpiece. And he begins to say, these guys aren't drunk. What you're seeing here is from the book of Joel. What you're seeing here, the prophet David said, and, and he ties it all together. And he says, this Jesus who you've crucified is the Son of God. And the power he needed was there because he didn't leave. Because he didn't leave too early. Now that is power. Now I'm not peddling that if you just hang in there a little bit more, Jesus will fix everything in a few days and boom, it's all finished. You know, sometimes God does things very quickly. How many have experienced that? You pray for something, boom, it just happens. Like God just just literally turns the situation around in a moment. Some of you have prayed for things for a long time. Either way, you and I need power. If you're a parent in here, you need power. Amen? If you are working around people that don't follow Christ and you're trying to be a light and a witness, you know what you need? Power. Uh, if you're trying to, to overcome a, a habit or a, a sin in some form, you know what you and I need? Power. If, if, if you or I are in a, a, a situation that we don't know what to decide, how to choose, you know what you and I need? What I'm saying is that as much as the disciples had seen, done, and actually been a part of, Jesus knew they needed an encounter that only happened as they waited on God. And really, is it any different today? I would say more so. If they needed power, man, you and I, we really need power to be able to live this life. Maybe for you today, we're going to have an opportunity just to come pray. You know, for for you to maybe not leave early. 
not leave early. It is, it is actually uh, not too bad here, but I'm going to give an opportunity. And this is what I'd like to say, is that if you need either to experience the baptism of the Spirit, maybe you have a long time ago, but it's been, it's been forever since you used your prayer language. It's been such a long time before you've said, God, just fill me up again. Fill me with you again. I need you. Maybe it's been a long time since you've done that. Maybe it's been a long time since you've actually confessed and said, God, my, these sins, this attitude, this, this, this whatever in my life, you know, I, I'm, I'm just giving it to you and I'm looking to you. I'm not going to try to be a better person, and, uh, but I'm going to look to you and ask for your power today. And maybe there's something you just need to stop and wait and you have no patience to do that. And God is saying, hey, I need you to not leave early. I need you to not leave this marriage. I need you to not leave this situation or leave this conflict and just run away. But you need power today. I want you to just to come and find a place of prayer. Let's take a few minutes and just begin to do that in a moment here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as your people come and pray, bless them, God. As your people come and call in your name, bless them. Pour out your spirit on them today. Speak powerfully to them today, God. Lord, I thank you for your goodness to us right now. I thank you for you, Holy Spirit, and your work among us. God, would you do something fresh in people's hearts and lives? Lord, keep us from leaving too early. God, keep us from that. Let our hearts be fixed, set on you, desiring you to know you. Oh, fill people this morning. Jesus, in your name, fill them up today. Show your power. Show your might. Show your power and your might. All around this room, Lord, even as people are seated in their seats, begin to fill them, begin to work in their lives and their hearts. Lord, begin to con bring, a, bring a conviction to hearts today. Show your might.
Lord, that is our prayer today. We need you more than we can comprehend or understand. Lord, if there are parents in this room and uh, the reality is that they have leaned on their own understanding way too much and they found themselves in, in just difficult situations, God, I pray that they would cry out to you. And God, there are certainly some practical things we can do as parents that are important and helpful. But God, one of the most powerful things we can do is to be filled with you, to give us wisdom and insight, to be able to convince us of your word. God, I pray you bless parents all across this room. God, give them the power to give guidance and lead. Give them the power to be able to speak uh, to their children in a life-giving way, in a way that brings truth and help to them. Lord, there are people here that are at work and they just, they just feel like, uh, uh, God, they're, they're just kind of floating around and they need a real clarity of why you have them there for this season and this moment. And I pray you'd bring it to them as they wait, as they don't leave early. Bless their lives. Let them be a light wherever they go. And Lord, there are young men and young women here today. They're wondering about the future. What's the future going to look like? How's it going to pan out? How's it going to happen? God, I pray that they would find rest and peace and seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness. And then everything that they need would be added to them as well. Lord, as they experience you and the power of your spirit, not leaving early, God, they would experience you in great um, and, and incredible ways that they could never have imagined. Direct their path. Make every rough place smooth. Make every crooked place straight and bless them today. Lord, thank you as a church. God, we believe you. Lord, you are everything we need. And we look to you today. And we thank you for these moments together. Lord, we pray a blessing. Those that are going to continue to pray and those that have to head out, would you bless them in an incredible way today? And Lord, we, may we remember your words, Jesus. Do not leave, but wait in Jerusalem. Lord, when we're tempted to leave early, we're tempted to quit early, we're tempted to turn to everyone and everything else but you, help us to remember that, Jesus, you have the power for this life. In Jesus' name. Amen.